Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that next to bone marrow, your hair is the fastest growing tissue in your entire body. And it can grow just about anywhere except for the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, and on your lips and mucous membranes. Although I'm sure with enough biohacking, there's probably some weird person out there working right now on how to get hair to grow out of your mucous membranes. Just give them enough time. By the way, that's not a biohack I'm planning to experiment with anytime soon. If you like today's episode or any of the other 400 plus episodes, I would be hugely grateful if you would take a second to go to iTunes, where you probably are right now, and leave a five-star rating. It makes a huge difference for helping people find Bulletproof Radio and just know that this show is out there as a resource. And you should also know that you can get the podcast transcripts on the Bulletproof website uh, for free. So if you don't want to take notes on this episode or any other episode, you can just go get all the good stuff and you can get all the links and everything else. Today's guest is Roland Peralta. He's an entrepreneur who's survived cancer and spent almost 30 years building different kinds of companies and really a lot in the healthcare space. But what's most interesting and the reason I have him on the show is that he's focused a lot on something that I'm concerned about, something that almost everyone I know is concerned about, and it's hair loss. <laughs> In Roland's case, for about 15 years after he got thyroid cancer and rheumatoid arthritis, something that I also used to have, I used to have rheumatoid arthritis, uh, his hair started to go away, and he's like, all right, this is something that's hackable. So he went out and tried just about everything out there, got some limited results, looked for why it's happening, the different pathways for it, and hired a team of researchers and did what entrepreneurs do and go out and disrupt things. So he's found some things that are clinically shown to work for hair loss. I wanted to interview him today on Bulletproof Radio so I could figure out how to avoid hair loss. For uh, Just for record, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, bulletproof.com slash YouTube will take you directly to the, the page for this. I'm 44. I have pretty legit hair. It's relatively thick. You can look at that. It's got a little bit of gray in there. My mom was entirely silver-haired at 24. And this that's actually a genetic thing. It runs in the family. But my dad, my grandfather, all my aunts and uncles on both sides are like cue balls. All right, so something I'm doing seems to be working to keep my hair. I got a little bit of the forehead going on. But for 44, I'm pretty darn happy. My hair is thick and full. Um, but I do an awful lot of stuff. That said, I'm still concerned, and since I'm going to live to at least 180, well, uh, I'd, I'd like to have hair when I'm that old. So that's why Roland's on the show. I'm going to learn what to do about my hair. You're going to learn what to do about your hair. This is not just for men, though, because a lot of women, uh, if you look on the Bulletproof forums, look on Facebook, a lot of women are dealing with this, and especially around uh, perimenopause or around pregnancy, hormones change, and hair gets thin and brittle and starts to fall out, and it, it, can, it can kind of freak you out. And there's all kinds of causes. We're going to dig deep on that in this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Roland, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. It's such a pleasure to be here. I, um, I wanted to say that uh, recently I was traveling through Sweden, and I had the pleasure of listening to your Wim Hof podcast, and oh, cool. uh, that, that inspired me to actually take a workshop when he passed through New York uh, a few weeks ago. So thanks for uh, pointing me in that direction. That was an amazing experience. 
Oh, that's so cool. Uh, the Wim Hof episode uh, uh, was one of my favorites to record. Wim's such a dynamo of a guy. And if, if you're listening, you don't know Wim Hof. He's also known as the Iceman. And you should listen to that episode. I don't remember the episode number, but Bulletproof Radio, Wim, W-I-M-H-O-F. You can, Wim, H-O-F, you can listen to that. And uh, uh, if you get a chance to one of his workshops, they're super legit. So you had a good time doing cold water plunges and cold breathing water and funny. the holo- yeah the holotropic breathing was incredible. I actually was trying to tie back the breathing technique to improving hair health, and there's there's definitely a connection because Wim focuses on stimulating the mitochondria through his breath technique, and uh, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today uh, with respect to hair loss and, and why it's so prevalent globally. That's super cool because I mentioned Wim in Headstrong, my in my recent book about uh, mitochondria. And if you're listening to this and you haven't heard, Headstrong just hit the New York Times science bestsellers list. And this oh, well is super done. unusual. Uh, it was between uh, Homo Deus and Sapiens and with the Undoing Project and some just amazing names uh, uh, that just completely blew me away because normally authors... Uh, like uh, like me and uh, Tim Ferriss and l- just lots of other health authors, uh, we generally hit the advice and how to and maybe the business section. But I I was not expecting to be listed as a best selling science book. But it's because mitochondria are so scientific and there's a direct connection with hair. You probably know more about that than I do because I didn't go into hair in, in the book. But there's blood flow and things like that that breathing does. Right. right. Well, why don't why don't okay before we get into the breathing stuff around hair and mitochondria, talk to me about what's going on in hair loss? Like, like most of us think, if, you, if, you, if I'm losing my hair, I'm screwed because of genetics. Is that the case? Right. No, it's actually not the case. That's, and that's part of the myth that we as a company have been trying to bust. And I think that re- removes hope from the table from a lot of people, both men and women. Uh, basically, the medical community has been painting this gloomy picture that genes control the hair growth cycle. And if you've been handed uh, the wrong set of genes, you're, you're, you're screwed, right? And we understand epigenetics has confirmed that that's not, in fact, the case, right? So here's what I think. Here's what we think as a company. Here's what's happening. We know that there have been no developments in the pharmaceutical sector in the last 35, 40 years. Rogaine, minoxidil, was the last FDA-approved product to enter the market. And prior to that, it was uh, Propecia, finasteride, which is a uh, DHT blocker. It simply uh, blocks the enzyme that is responsible for converting testosterone to DHT. And DHT is the hormone that is actually implicated in androgenic alopecia. It simply miniaturizes the follicles, shrinks them to the point where they become vellus hairs, and then you're inevitably bald. So what we know is that the pharmas have been focusing on monotargeting. Everyone's looking for that magic bullet. Everyone's looking for a single pathway, a single molecule that they think will simply turn hair loss off and turn hair growth back on. And so what we know through our research is that that's, that is, that's the reason why nothing has been developed in the last 35, 40 years. Everyone's been looking in the wrong direction. What we know today is that hair loss is multifactorial. It's not just the DHT 
hormone. So when Propecia targets DHT, it fails to take into consideration all the downstream pro-inflammatory cytokines that are created as a result of that hormone, right? So, and that's uh, uh, one of them, for example, would be TNF-alpha. That's, uh, that's the cytokine that actually attacks healthy tissue that... Oh, so let, let's pause for a second there yeah. because I think some people might not know what inflammatory cytokines are and all. So we, we talked about the genetic component of, of what's going on here. The way to think about that is that your genes are the, the physical instructions for how to build like the building, the hardware in your body. Correct. But your mitochondria have their own set of genes that are how to, how to build the power plant and the wiring inside the building. So you can have one building that's an office, one building that's a manufacturing facility. They all have the same walls, they have the same genes, but the inside does different things. And the mitochondrial DNA is different, and it's the mitochondria that are driving these, this whole epigenetic thing you mentioned. Epigenetics is, oh, look at this. The environment turns the genes on or off, so your physical right. hardware will change based on the environment, and the thing that does it is the mitochondria. They'll make more or less energy, they'll do all these things. Correct. And, and what you're saying here is that big pharma is always looking for the one thing. And, and unfortunately, when you find one thing, unfortunately, that one thing does many different things in the body. So the, the hair loss products you talked about, the reason that I don't use uh, finasteride is that finasteride is in a, a meaningful percentage of guys, there's, it basically turns off all androgen production. It chemically neuters you. And there's support groups for people out there who have been severely hormonally damaged because they were worried about hair loss. That's kind of scary. And that's not to say the drugs don't work. Most anti-aging guys, uh, like doctors, I uh, say guys and women, uh, anti-aging physicians I work with, most of them for clients who are worried about this are still willing to prescribe those drugs and they have a place, but they have systemic effects that are different than what you're talking about. Right. So that's kind of the translation of the science there. Yeah. And then let's get into these inflammatory things. So DHT, this hormone metabolite, it causes some inflammation. And you were saying it was, what were the so names of the cytokines? It, correct. So it's basically being, just, so Propecia or Finasteride, let, let's focus on Finasteride because that's the generic term. That only focuses on blocking the enzyme, but it, what it doesn't do is it doesn't clean up the mess, the, the, the inflammation, if you will. And what we know is that inflammation is actually responsible in, it, inflammation plays a role in dysregulating the signaling molecules that are actually controlling the hair growth cycle. So in the presence of, of an inflammation begets inflammation. So once you, you, the inflammation uh, begins, there's an inflammatory cascade, there's an inappropriate uh, inflammatory response that's chronic that leads to a dysregulation of signaling that actually controls the hair growth cycle, the, the, the cycling of rest, uh, which is uh, telogen, anagen, which is growth, uh, catagen, which is essentially uh, death, right? Um, and exogen. So for any product to be effective, it has to take into consideration all of the factors, all of the, um, all of the factors that play a role in um, 
dysregulating the hair, hair growth cycle. So the hair follicle is a very, very sensitive, um, it's a mini organ. It requires a tremendous amount of power. Um, hair, the hair follicle function is directly dependent upon mitochondrial activity. So without that power supply, you can have all the moving parts, you can have all the protein, all the nutrients you need, but you're never gonna manufacture hair if you don't have the, the, the power behind that machinery to, to get those engines running, right? So w some of those triggers uh, we look at are uh, stress hormones. And, and just to give you an idea, when we developed this, when we started the company, we chose ingredients that were able to target many of these triggers, ingredients that had clinical evidence of efficacy at very specific dosages. We partnered with some very interesting R&D companies that were, were using biotech to extract some of these uh, phytoactives that proved to be effective in targeting some of these triggers. So here are some of the triggers that, that are ignored by the, the pharmas and by most products, all products on the market. Um, stress hormones, toxins that are accumulating in the liver, estrogen dominance, androgens, which we just talked about, the, um, the, the DHT hormone, um, micronutrient deficiencies. Um, we have inflammation, which we just talked about, and finally, uh, free radicals, oxidative stress, ROS. So those are the, the, the triggers that ultimately dysregulate the signaling that controls the hair growth cycle. All of those factors are actually downregulating uh, the hormones that modulate mitochondrial activity. Those hormones are T3, which is the thyroid hormone, progesterone, uh, which is another two hormones that are essentially powerful regulators of mitochondrial activity. Without a sufficient supply of, of that fuel, the mitochondria will not be activated. That power supply is, is not going to be uh, uh, sufficient. And as you said, bone marrow, uh, hair follicle second to bone marrow has the fastest turnover. And that turnover requires a tremendous amount of power. So we need to address those triggers. We need to remove those triggers in order to create an optimal state for follicles to actually function. Uh, I think that's a huge list. And now if, I, if I'm listening to this going, God, I don't want to lose my hair, but there's, there's like 14 things if I'm counting right. So let's, let's break that down into individual things. What you're saying is all of these are controlling inflammation uh, to some extent or another, and there's, there's different pathways. And it's funny because you were dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, and this is what happens. And this is also why I wrote Headstrong. Inflammation is always caused by mitochondria. And anything you can do at any level to turn down inflammation makes everything work better, including hair growth, including rheumatoid arthritis, including cell signaling and all that. So it's kind of cool. By hacking your hair loss in the way you're talking about, you can have systemic effects that, that are anti-inflammatory. So your skin might look better too, or your liver might be happier, right. et cetera, et cetera. All right. So let's start maybe with thyroid hormones. Uh, and this affects women, I think, maybe at least as much as men. In fact, women get more Hashimoto's than men. But uh, it seems like hair loss from thyroid is a bigger problem for women, but some guys get it as well. How, what's going on there? 
Yeah, very big problem. So um, we know that um, on, at the top of our list are stress hormones. We live in a society today where the fight or flight response is in, is in constant uh, flux. We're constantly activating the fight or flight response. And as a consequence, the uh, stress response is, is being taxed. So we're overproducing cortisol. And what we know is that cortisol actually inhibits thyroid stimulating hormone, which of course then inhibits the production of T4, which then inhibits T3. T3 then becomes an inactive form of the thyroid hormone, RT3, reverse T3. Uh, those, <laughs> right. as, as you know, right? Um, and uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. No, let's, let's pause and translate that for people who don't know what T4 and T3 are. Uh, and it's funny because what you just described, the pathway, I have a slide like that that I use. Uh, I think I, I use it on Tony Robbins' stage, but it, it's it's exactly right. And so what's happening, uh, just if, if you're listening in your car and you're not a thyroid expert or you haven't heard some of the podcast interviews about thyroid, uh, just sort of the, the grounder information there is that um, your thyroid, when it's it's working right, it gets a signal from the pituitary gland, something called TSH. And it tells the thyroid to make thyroid hormone, and it makes T4. And T4 doesn't do anything until it's converted to T3, which makes your mitochondria make energy, causes you to grow hair, uh, makes you warm, and does all the things thyroid's supposed to do. And unfortunately, if you're stressed all the time, you won't get enough T4. And instead of making T3, which is the good stuff, you make reverse T3, which is inactive. So if you're tweaking all the time because you're worried about relationships or because of whatever stressors you're what you're saying here Roland is that basically like your hair can uh, can start to fall out because you stopped making enough energy because you hijacked that t3 creation and made it the reverse t3 that's biologically useless if not harmful Exactly, exactly. Okay. So uh, with, re with regards to hijacking, another there's another pathway with elevated cortisol and that is the liver, the elevated cortisol causes the liver to produce higher levels of TBG, thyroid binding globulin. And just as the name implies, the thyroid, free thyroid hormone is essentially bound and taken out of circulation. And as a consequence, it now leads to inhibition of T3, higher levels of RT3. Um, it, that leads to a, a, a progesterone downregulation, which then leads to estrogen dominance. So there's, there's a, I'm going to draw an amazing circle for you. By the time we're done, you may get a little dizzy, but <laughs> we'll make it, we're going to paint a very clear picture for you. And Dave, just to understand, we know that thyroid hormones play a major role in moving stem cells out of their niche, the hair follicle bulge. There's a reservoir of stem cells that are contained in the hair bulge. We need thyroid hormone signaling for, for those to be activated to move from the, from the bulge to become new follicles. So when you're compromising T3 and progesterone, as, as an example, uh, you're effectively uh, compromising new follicle production, right? So everything we do uh, that we need, any solution that you uh, introduce has to address the, the root trigger. So in this case, we're talking about elevated stress hormones. How do you lower elevated stress hormones? There, there are no pharmaceuticals in the market. We use a standardized um, ashwagandha. It's, it's the only ashwagandha standardized from root and leaf that 
uh, is standardized to 10% with thanalides. That was clinically proven to lower elevated cortisol significantly within a two-month period of time at a very low dose. So if you want to, we reversed engineered a solution to the problem. So elevated cortisol is is a major it's it's a silent killer really uh, it's part of the reason why i developed cancer in in 2000 i lost my thyroid to to um to cancer um so i take uh, levothyroxine and, and that is my uh, that's my source of t4 my daily source of t4 um so managing stress levels is a very very important strategy in hair loss prevention so, so managing stress, you can deal with meditation, heart rate variability, improving sleep, Good. all these sorts of things. But sometimes people have a dysregulated cortisol rhythm where, oh, my cortisol goes up at night when I'm supposed to be sleeping and it, it's down in the morning. And, and if you suppress cortisol, like how does someone listening know if they have too much cortisol or if they have cortisol at the wrong time or they may even have too low cortisol? Like, like what happens if you have low cortisol and right. you take a, a, a sure. ashwagandha extract? So you, ashwagandha is a stress adaptogen and, and right. it's, it's a very smart plant. It brings the body back to homeostasis. It's, it's actually used as well in the event of adrenal fatigue where you're not producing enough cortisol. When you're not producing enough cortisol, you're going to end up being exhausted. Uh, you're going to get sick more often. Uh, so ashwagandha plays a, a major role in bringing homeostasis back to the adrenals. So it, it, it's, a, it's a very intelligent plant. If you're overproducing, yeah. it helps bring it back, uh, back to balance. It, it'll, it'll normalize. And yeah. uh, one of the ways I describe adaptogens, and this is one of the most popular adaptogens, is that if you look at throttle response in a car, in a race car, well, I just got to drive a McLaren last week on a test drive, which was kind of cool. No, I'm not going to buy a McLaren. I was just at an event and I pretended like I was going to, so I could drive one. But they put it in track mode and just you touch the accelerator and it like lurches forward and you let off the accelerator and it slows down. And it's, it's like your foot's just glued to the accelerator and there's no delay. And that's what it's like when you're on an adaptogen with your stress response. And when you drive a normal thing like a Toyota Prius, I used to have one of those too, you press the accelerator and like three seconds later, it's like, and it kind of moves forward a little bit. Right, like there's no power there, and, and there's there's a disconnect between when you press the accelerator and when something happens. So in your body, if you can tighten the stress response, so the stress hormones can go up when you need them and go down when you don't need them. That'll normalize things, and that's kind of the the picture I have in my head of what ashwagandha does. Exactly, exactly. We All love right. it. It's it's one of our favorite ingredients in in Nutrafol because we know that stress is a is a major endocrine disruptor, and that's that's the first place you start. Is how do I bring my adrenals back to to normalization, right? And and we've seen remarkable results um, on 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 Nutrafol, and we know that that's one of our star ingredients in the product. I, I should I should mention just because having it, Nutrafol is the the hair loss stuff that you make that it uses all the stuff. So that's why you're right. an expert. This is the stuff that you made right. for your own, your own hair loss. Exactly, uh, exactly. All right, so you got ashwagandha in there because you're dealing with a cortisol cause of this. And so for people listening, uh, if you're not using any supplements at all, lowering stress through the normal stress reduction techniques. There's a bunch in Headstrong, a bunch of Bulletproof Diet, a bunch, bunch of episodes on that. Meditate, sit in a cave, uh, stop eating foods that cause inflammation, like like all sorts of things. But lowering stress is a great strategy for keeping your hair. And if your hair is falling out like crazy and you're in a bad relationship and you hate your boss, well, there you go, right? 
Okay. <laughs> so what's so, another? What's another? So, uh, so yeah. So back to so elevated cortisol also is a potent trigger of inflammation. And again, since inflammation begets inflammation, you now have activated that chronic uh, inappropriate inflammatory response that leads to further dysregulation of the hair growth cycle. So you have multiple pathways that are being activated or, or deact deactivating stem cell differentiation, uh, essentially compromising healthy, optimal hair growth cycling caused by elevated, the consequences of elevated cortisol. So it's a very, very important um, uh, target to 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 address when you're when you're developing a hair loss strategy, and that was a big part of what we did as as a company. Um, the next um, the next item on our list was um, uh, toxins. Those toxins, right? Let's uh, yeah. So, to uh, define toxins the way you talk about. It. A lot of people sure. throw the word around. It really matters. So get down. Sure. On what is it? Sure. So I'm I'm, I'm talking about um, heavy metals. Uh, we're talking about used uh, hormones, mutated hormones, uh, horm excess hormones that compromised liver productivity. Um, we're talking about xenoestrogens, faux estrogens that are that are uh, from the environment, from food supply, from products that we use daily. Um, those toxins compromise uh, liver function, and what we know is that the thyroid hormone. The, the beauty hormone T3 is actually produced in the liver. So for T4 to be converted to the active form of T3, we need a good, clean, healthy liver. Um, so those toxins compromise the actual uh, sufficient production of T3. Um, what happens in the case of heavy metals? We know that uh, mercury binds to selenium. But we also, selenium is one of the ingredients in Nutrafol. Mm -hmm. I'm only talking about ingredients, about consequences that I know that some of the ingredients that we are using address, right? So we know okay. that selenium binds to mercury. And mercury is very toxic and contributes to mitochondrial dysfunction. It basically, yes. uh, it's evil. Mitochondria hates uh, mercury. It it causes d decay, as you know. It increases mm -hmm. ROS. Um, it's, it's a real problem. So um, the body... Evolution designed us so that the body didn't care or doesn't care about hair. Hair is secondary to everything. Evolution says the organs come first. We got to protect the organs. Selenium, unfortunately, plays a major role in converting T4 to T3. So if the body has to choose, do I focus on removing the mercury from, from the body with the limited selenium that I have because selenium is deficient in soil, it's not no longer abundant in food supply, mm -hmm. or do I allocate my limited selenium reserve to converting T4 to T3? So if you have a toxic liver, obviously the body chooses for you. It's going to choose to chelate the heavy metals and ignore the, the, uh, the conversion to the beauty hormone. That's hair loss, that's thinning, that's compromised hair quality, right? That all of that, that that all of that that's happening on the back on the back end of, of the, the human body is, is compromising hair quality and uh, and hair production, right? Um, so that's that's selenium, very very, very important um, uh, mineral in in the equation. One of the places that you can get selenium is by eating Brazil nuts. 
Yeah. And I am not a fan of Brazil nuts for a variety of reasons. They're almost always moldy. They're a very high mold crop and you can usually smell it in, in Brazil nuts. So you can eat one like, why do I have a blood sugar crash two hours later? It's because your mitochondria are trying to deal with all those toxins instead of benefiting from the selenium. They're asking for extra sugar so they can mobilize and oxidize and excrete those things. And then you have to pee and you wonder, why is my Brazil nut not making me happy? The other thing is Brazil nut trees have super deep roots that goes really, really deep, which can be a good thing. You want that like in your cacao trees, but in this case, uh, what they tend to do is they tend to take up radioactive elements from the soil. So I don't find a Brazil nut or two a day to be a sustainable strategy. If you get really good, clean, fresh ones that are refrigerated, uh, maybe, but I, you just don't know what you're getting with food sources of, of minerals. And a lot of foods that say they have minerals on them don't. They had minerals 25 or 50 or 70 years ago when they measured it, but the soil is different now. So I, right. I tend to look at selenium as a supplementation strategy. Are you using uh, selenomethionine, uh, the selenium bound yeah, to amino exa- acid? Okay. Exactly, exactly. So we, um, we know that... Um, liver toxicity, it's important that that's one of the things that we include in some of the testing that we encourage our our clients to do. You should be testing for selenium. Uh, You should be testing for uh, doing the 24-hour cortisol uh, test. We're using ZRT labs. We love ZRT labs um, to do a lot of this testing. Um, What we know is that back to uh, uh, liver toxicity, um, glutathione uh, is the mother of all antioxidants and glutathione plays a major role in detoxifying the liver. Um, we have uh, multiple ingredients in Nutrafol that actually boost, naturally boost glutathione production in, in, in the body, and that's curcumin, ashwagandha, and kelp. Kelp is, a, is a, uh, obviously a rich source of iodine. And iodine has um, has the ability to increase the body's production of glutathione. So those ingredients aid in detoxifying the liver. Uh, very very important. That's a that's a good healthy stack. And and I gotta do a quick plug here. You can also take glutathione force or liposomal capsules. Yeah. They don't taste like like clove frosting anymore. No syringes because we finally found a stable way to get it into a capsule. <laughs> so that's a direct glutathione support. I do that. And we also do an iodine and uh, an iodine supplement that you can take directly, uh, which is nice. uh, something that I would recommend with a kelp source. In fact, it is, it is kelp-based. So those are bulletproof supplements that are not designed for hair loss, but support these same, these same pathways. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Um, wh- where were we, Dave? Uh, we were talking about toxins and making the liver oh, work yes. by increasing glutathione. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you got your glutathione levels up because you've included some ingredients that do that in Nutrafol. So step one, drop cortisol. Step two, increase detox. All right, let's talk about, uh, should we talk about like androgens or estrogens next? Uh, let's talk about uh, androgens. All right, androgens, the, the, the so-called male hormones. Right. So uh, so we know that, obviously, as I said earlier, uh, finasteride targets the androgen hormone DHT, but there are very serious consequences to using uh, finasteride as a DHT inhibitor, uh, and that is... Uh, Sexual dysfunction is one of them. My my business partner, who's a model in his late 
20s, uh, was working as a model to put himself through engineering school, suffered in silence for eight years. He suffered silently from sexual dysfunction, from, from using finasteride to keep his hair. He, was, he had to choose between not getting laid or getting laid off. And he was another, millions of men are taking this drug. And there are class action lawsuits in the European Union, in, the, in Canada, I believe there are class action lawsuits against the, the maker of uh, Propecia. And Canadians uh, are so polite, they almost never say it. It's amazing. <laughs> they, just, they say they're sorry. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so we, so that, and that's actually how he and I connected. He was, he was, he reached out and he said, I am, I have a confession. Um, I am, I'm having serious side effects from, from a DHT inhibitor that I'm taking. So we reverse engineered the, the, the mechanism of action. Well, what is, what does finasteride do? It blocks DHT. We identified a nutraceutical grade uh, saw palmetto which has the ability to not only block the conversion of uh, testosterone to DHT, but it, it actually binds to the receptors that a DHT would normally attach itself to. So uh, Propecia doesn't do that. Finasteride can't attach itself to the receptors. It simply blocks the enzyme. So the beauty of, of Sopalmetto, uh, which is one of the ingredients in our, in our product, is that it actually increases um, nitric oxide, which improves uh, vasodilation. It was used in traditional medicine as an aphrodisiac. It, um, it, acts, it works against inflammation. It lowers CRP, C-reactive protein, which is a, a, a marker for an inflammation. Uh, that, that's basically the, uh, the, the beauty of displacing pharmaceuticals with naturals, right? Uh, once you understand the mechanism of action, you can identify botanicals, naturals that are capable of, of doing um, what... Um, what pharmas do. I was listening to one of your podcasts when I was in Sweden, as I was telling you, um, uh, Dr. Marcola came on board and was talking about metformin and berberine. And uh, mm -hmm. that inspired me to do some research. And sure enough, my mother, whose uh, insulin was out of control, uh, they were about to put her on, um, on, on, on a pharma. I put her on berberine and she's doing so much better. Anyway, so that's an example of, nice. of uh, right? Of you, get her, of, on, get her on Bulletproof right. Coffee and you won't even recognize her. It, it's incredible what getting brain octane in there is an alternate energy source. Because when you have type 2 diabetes, you just aren't using sugar effectively and your cells are starving for energy. You get the energy from fat and it, it's like a whole other thing. Just put brain octane in her cereal. It doesn't matter. I, I, just see what I, happens. It's, I, it's incredible. I, I'm on it. I, I'm, I'm her doctor. She, uh, she loves, she loves uh, my... Uh, my uh, health tips. So, so those those that we were discussing androgens, but we also know this year there was a study released, and this is why uh, finasteride uh, is, is is an archaic way of treating hair loss because it again it ignores so many of the consequences of DHT. What we learned this year is that the DHT hormone actually downregulates the signaling that is that that controls the hair growth cycle. So not only are you miniaturizing follicles, but DHT hormone is actually down-regulating uh, signaling that's controlling the hair growth cycle. So um, Propecia, or rather finasteride, can't, can't quite uh, can't act on that, on that pathway, right? Um, we were talking about um, estrogen dominance was the next bucket, right? 
Right. Um, and that, that, that's one of the, the, the um, that's a major problem in, in, uh, in the world today. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about it on the show. Uh, not just talked about it. When I weighed 300 pounds, um, I had way more estrogen than my mom and way less <laughs> testosterone too. I, I really did. It was kind of embarrassing. And all the guys in like my family. Like what size bra were you wearing? Well, that's the problem. All the guys in my family have man boobs. Like every one of them. And I, <laughs> even to this day, you give me any pregnenolone or DHEA, which are common anti-aging hormones, you give me those, I grow boobs. And like wow. my body aromatizes like, I swear, there are, there are women who probably wish they had estrogen processing right. like I do. <laughs> and and I, I don't believe that's terribly environmental given all the stuff I do. And I supplement my testosterone and I block its conversion. But it's it's been a constant challenge. I think that is somewhat genetic. There's an epigenetic component. But uh, to this day, if I do the wrong things within two weeks, I can have man boobs. And if I if I walk into a moldy building, systemic inflammation happens and I'll have man boobs the next day. But that's not estrogen, although there are synthetic estrogens in toxic mold. That's just direct inflammation. Right. So if you see me walking around looking like I need to be wearing a bra, it's probably because I ate the wrong thing or something. <laughs> anyway, full disclosure, we've talked about my man boobs on Bulletproof Radio. But that's what estrogen does for you. It sucks. Right, okay. But it also, but it also, here's what we've learned. We know that, so we have a number of ingredients in Nutrafol that, that help lower uh, estrogen dominance. And we know that uh, a very recent study confirmed that estrogen in excess acts as a breaking mechanism to the hair growth cycle. It actually shortens the antigen phase, uh, which... What, what about for women? This has got to be a problem because women with thinning hair have a similar situation that they just have more estrogen but they have less of a dht problem though so so here's the 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 uh, we believe that women who we believe that female pattern baldness or women who are 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 thinning showing early thinning are estrogen dominant and if they're exactly yeah if they're estrogen dominant it's because they're not producing enough progesterone yes a, a they're not clearing the estrogen out of their liver fast enough, right? Because if, if the liver has to eliminate, it neutralizes and eliminates all of that excess uh, estrogen. If the liver is sluggish and it's not prime, you have a problem. It, that Those hormones are going to get recycled back into the body. So it's, it's elevated cortisol leads to estrogen dominance. Mm-hmm. Iodine deficiency leads to estrogen dominance. It, 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 th- those are two uh, major uh, culprits at the root of estrogen. Estrogen dominance, as you know, uh, is implicated in breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Um, it, it's, it's a problem. And we, it's one of those things that women should be testing for. Am I, am I uh, accumulating more estrogen than I should be in my body? Am I eliminating it fast enough? Is it because my progesterone is compromised because I have a higher RT3 ratio to my T3, um, where, where's the trigger? Um, there's so many, is it because I have an iodine deficiency? Uh, where is the, um, once you identify that pathway, you're, you're able to maybe address it. So kelp is a terrific, uh, source of iodine. Uh, it's a terrific chelator. It's a natural chelator. It chelates, uh, Excess estrogens, it chelates faux estrogens that accumulate in the liver. Um, that's something that, that everyone should be testing for. Iodine testing should be mandatory uh, in, in, uh, in society today. I think you agree with that. Um, it's one of the largest causes for drop in IQ globally is the lack of yeah. iodine. 
Uh, you want to have kids yeah. who have the IQ they're capable of, you better be getting enough iodine. And, and it's kind of funny because I tell people to use Himalayan salt. Most people are getting the iodine from iodized salt, which is full of other crap. So if you're doing Himalayan salt the way I recommend, you need to be on an iodine supplement and there's various ways to get it. It's in Nutrafol. I, I, you can buy the iodine supplements that I make. You can also paint iodine on your skin and it'll absorb mm. pretty well that way. But the bottom line is you do need iodine to perform well. And there's some people out there who are recommending, this guy called uh, Brownstein recommends like 15 milligrams a day, like, like relatively high doses. Yeah. 150 micrograms would be kind of the minimum. And I, right. I tend to take about three of those kind of pills a day. Right. I think the problem is so severe that if you are highly deficient and you're only ingesting 150 micrograms a day, uh, you're not, not serving enough. your – yeah, it's not – so we, we have a responsibility to look at iodine sufficiency. Um, we know that because estrogen dominance is such a problem in, in society today, we need to – Curcumin is an anti-estrogenic. Um, we use BCM95 in Nutrafol as well. Iodine is an anti-estrogenic. Uh, we source our kelp from the northern parts of Iceland in an area that the government declared off-limits to shipping uh, to ships. So it's considered organic uh, because it's harvested. It's a sustainably harvested um, kelp from from the. the cleanest waters in the world. Um, so anti-estrogenic uh, um, uh, protocols are highly important uh, to, for, to... For men men and women, you're saying? Both, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just for overall health, because the, we say that outer, the old expression, outer beauty is a reflection of inner wellness. It is so true. Hair is um, is simply a reflection of how you're doing. It's almost your report card. Your, if your hair is thinning, if your hair is falling out, something is off. Um, and that requires a better look, right? And, and part of the problem with Western medicine uh, today, David, as you know, is that hair is secondary. Western medicine is reactive. Uh, It's not proactive. We're not proactively looking for reasons why you may be thinning. The rule is that if you are thinning, you typically lose 50% of your hair before you even notice that it's thinned. Because you have so much hair on your scalp, you have to lose a lot of it. You lose a lot of it before you even know that it has thinned. Yeah, it's scary numbers. It, it's pretty scary, and no one no one wants to, to deal with thinning hair, and you you see it in the drain. Like yikes! Um, I've gone through cycles um, historically. I mean, I, I there's times I've been really unhealthy where you're like wow, like, like you just you can grab a handful of hair and it falls out, but then the next month it seems like it's completely fine. What's going on with that? Um, that could be stress related. Um, that could be, you typically you lose 100 to 200 hairs a day. So the media says it's normal to lose 100 to 200 hairs a day, but it's not normal not to regrow 100 to 200 hairs a day. And so that statistic, everyone thinks oh, it's normal to lose 100 hairs a day. Two years later, you're thin. You've lost 50% of your hair, right? How did that happen? So Stress could be uh, triggers a, a sudden uh, shedding. 
uh, shocks the hair follicles. Um, it's it's called a telogen effluvium, where there's a sudden uh, loss of hair. You can have lots of clumps of hair falling out. Um, most people will recover from that. Um, we always recommend uh, well Nutrafol because it has powerful stress adaptogens um, to help uh, bring you back uh, to, to homeostasis. Um, but um, yeah, I'm sorry, David. You were saying. Uh, I'm still thinking about the estrogen thing. One thing that I didn't uh, I didn't mention, uh, we make a supplement called calcium D glucurate uh, that I take specifically to help the liver get rid of extra estrogen. And I uh, this is something that also deals with other toxins different than the glutathione pathway. So I got to say, part of my own strategy for just detox in general is calcium D glucurate, and we just launched that because it's a it's an almost unknown supplement, but it's a very powerful one that would work very well with what we're talking about. Uh, all right, so we, we talked about uh, the different stress things, the different like wh- why you would have either clumps of hair or just times when a lot more hair falls out than others. Uh, let's talk about some of the lifestyle things. What about sunlight, good or bad? Both, right? Uh, because the hair follicle has vitamin D receptors. Yes. Vit- and this is so interesting that people underestimate, uh, I think that... Um, Physicians downplay the importance of vitamin D, right? So if you're vitamin D deficient, there's a range, right? There's a lower range, the the lower end of normal and the higher end of of normal. That range is so vast, but everyone is so unique. With respect to hair follicles, you you need to have sufficient vitamin D. Uh, Vitamin D plays a major role in signaling the the molecules that control the hair growth cycle. So almost vitamin D almost acts as an activator, if you will. And I I know that there's also vitamin D plays a role in mitochondrial activation as well. So you need sun, of course, right? But not too much sun because sun produces higher degrees of free radicals, which leads to oxidative stress, which leads to inflammation. Inflammation, we know, begets inflammation. It dysregulates um, the hair growth cycle. Um, so we recommend, we, we use vitamin D in, in, uh, in Nutrafol as well as, 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 as part of the, the, the entire formulation. Um, so very, very important, uh, getting some sun, but not overdoing it for fear of, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, excess free radicals and oxidative stress. I got it. What about like hair gel, hair spray, hair dye, all that kind of stuff? What's that going to do? Yeah, that that's another um, that's another potent trigger of inflammation. A lot of these products that are that are used for styling are definitely implicated in increasing free radical production. Um, so you want to try to stay away from sodium. SLS is a great example. That's clinically proven to irritate the skin, right? Why would you use a shampoo on your hair if it's going to irritate? Irritate your skin, and that irritation triggers a, a reaction. Right? It's a free radical, oxidative stress, infl- inflammatory response. Um, so yeah, so a lot of these products, you want to be careful not to cover your scalp. Uh, some people who use hair gels suddenly they're smearing gels on their scalp, and they're basically suffocating mm-hmm. the follicle. Right? Follicle needs a little air. Um, so yeah, I, I, I we recommend trying to use natural products uh, that don't have known irritants in them. Uh, stay away from the the products with the parabens, etc. Uh, that seems like really really good advice. 
uh, just to, to not put crap on your hair. The general rule that started with my very first book called The Better Baby Book and that I, I've reiterated in, in Bulletproof Diet and most recently in Headstrong, it's like, if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, don't put it on your skin, and that goes for your scalp as well. And that seems to work really well. So, so we're, we're coming up on the end of the interview, but I've got to ask you, even though it's not your, your main focus here. All right, my mom, gray at you know, early 20s, right? And I've had a little bit of gray since I was 30, and I have just like a little, little I don't know, what's Storm, the X-Men character? I got a little bit of that thing going on. But I'm 44. <laughs> I know a lot of anti-aging doctors dye their own hair. Like, like it's the biggest thing you can do. I'm not dyeing my hair. Maybe I will someday because who knows. But, you know, I, I actually value feeling young, most importantly, having youthful energy and living to 180. Uh, but I also like to look like I'm 44, not 144 at some point in my life. So um, <laughs> I, I'm not vain, but I also know that, like, how you look in, implies it, it helps with how you feel. So what's up with the gray hair thing? Right. So I, I'm happy you asked. I love sharing this one. So gray hair is is nothing less than a reflection of a reduction of catalase enzyme, one of the more potent uh, antioxidants. When the body, a, a byproduct of metabolic process is that you produce hydrogen peroxide. Mm-hmm. Catalase is charged with the responsibility of breaking down H2O2 into H2O and O2. So when you, as we get older, as we age, uh, we our antioxidant levels begin to drop. So we need to use um, antioxidants like ashwagandha, which uh, curcumin, um, saw palmetto, all tocotrenols, those are ingredients in Nutrafol, all increase catalase enzyme. So the, the, the anti-aging strategy is boost your catalase uh, uh, enzyme production. That's, that's really it. Um, that was a study done at the university in the UK about two years ago where they, they, they were conclusively proved that uh, H2O2 played a major role in yeah. essentially bleaching out the um, hair pigment centers. Well, it's funny. If you want to bleach your hair, you put hydrogen peroxide in your hair. Right. You go for the bleach right. blonde look. So that, exactly but that turns right. it more of a yellow color versus white. And... So I, I've been familiar with the hydrogen peroxide thing for a while. I usually rinse my mouth with a mild hydrogen peroxide I have for many years. Uh, and I, I've often wondered, is that a part of my gray? But my gray is less than it runs in my family. But what what you could do is you could reduce hydrogen peroxide or you could increase catalase. And ideally doing both is a good strategy. So Exactly, exactly. So awesome. hopefully hopefully you'll, you'll um, uh, in 10 years we'll see you, you'll, you'll be more, uh, you'll have a lot less gray. I, I'm working on it. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I, I'm also doing yeah. stem cells and yeah. all this other crazy stuff. Yeah. So when you see me next year, I should look like I'm like maybe 35. I'm just, I'm going right. to age backwards right. for a while. It's just, right. I do that every 10 years, age backwards, 15 years. Good strategy. <laughs> Benjamin Button, here you we come. You look great. You look great. We're up on the end of the interview, which means I get to ask you the final bulletproof question. And that is, if someone came to you tomorrow and said, given everything you know, not just about hair, but everything in your life, and as a cancer survivor and successful entrepreneur, you'll, you'll have a different aspect on this or a different perspective than a lot of people. Uh, it, look, I want to perform better at everything I do as a human being. What are the three most important pieces of advice you have for me? What would you offer them? Oh, I would say uh, take a position. Uh, read the, I love research. Read the research. If you have a health concern and you see studies that imply uh, may, could, possibly 
trust your intuition, take a position. I did. It saved my life. I was told I was going to end up in a wheelchair from my rheumatoid arthritis based on the progression of that disease. And I fought the system. I did the research. I trusted a protocol at NIH that had been discovered uh, around the time that I had been diagnosed. And I, against my doctor's orders, fired all my doctors. I took a position and I said, I believe in what I'm reading. I trust uh, the research. And uh, Today, I'm, I'm alive and well because I, I chose to fight, um, rather, I chose to trust my intuition. So trust your intuition. Take a position. Choose, choose, there's always a fork in the road. Choose, uh, choose the fork that feels best and right for you. Did uh, I answer right. that question? That was one. Take a position. You got two more. Three pieces of advice. Um, trust your intuition. Uh, I, I, really, it's research, research, research. Know thy body. Learn everything that needs to be understood about mechanisms of action. Once you understand mechanisms of action, you can proactively treat yourself and identify botanical natural solutions to, to counter some of the problems that you're dealing with. So I would say absolute research. Read less fiction and read more scientific literature. All right. I like that one. It sounds like something I do. <laughs> right, right. All right. Did we get three out of that? We had... I think there's three somewhere in, in there. Intuition, but, uh, research, and research. I think I counted. <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. Yeah. Now, let's see. You offered at the beginning of the show before we started recording, you said that you were up for giving away a thousand bottles of Nutrafol just for Bulletproof Radio listeners kind of as a, as a gift, uh, which I'm super cool with. So if people go to Nutrafol.com slash Bulletproof or use code Bulletproof or something, uh, for the first thousand people before August 31st, 2017, uh, you'll give uh, you'll give them a free bottle uh, for, for what I'm guessing, That's sign part up. Of their, part of their membership, exactly. Okay, so you sign up to become a member, which is basically mm-hmm. a monthly thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you, if you want to try it, I'm sure it's cancelable. I don't know all the details. It'll be on the website. You can go check that out. But it's, uh, it's a cool way to, to, to try Nutrafol and see if it's going to help you with your... Uh, with with hair thinning or hair loss. And this is something that a huge number of people ask me about and something that I pay attention to. And I, I believe in the the four-pronged approach that you're that you're looking at here. Like deal with stress, deal with toxins, deal with estrogen, and deal with androgens. Uh, those are those are valid mechanisms of action through all of the research that I've done. So it's it's a cool thing. So go to Nutrafol.com slash bulletproof and you can get your get your free bottle if you're one of the first thousand, and if not, you'll do something else nice for them, I'm sure. But right. it's a it, it's a it's a gift for you, and that's kind of a cool deal. Dave, if 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 uh, if they are are not able to get their um, their free bottle, there's 350 doctors nationwide that carry our product. We have dermatologists and plastic surgeons all over the states. Uh, there's someone somewhere near you that uh, will always have it on their shelf for Beautiful. for your listeners to pick up uh, on the fly. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. If you enjoyed today's episode, you know what to do. Uh, you could uh, just go out and do something nice for someone else and just make the world a better place because, hey, that's cool. That's why I do the show. You could also head on over to Amazon and leave a review for Headstrong or the Bulletproof Diet. One of the easiest things you can do for an author like me 
is you can leave a positive four-star review on Amazon or five-star, six-star, however many stars they have. But when you, when you do that, I read all those reviews and so do so many other people. It's one of the, the most impactful ways you can take about 15 seconds of your time as opposed to the two or 3,000 hours that went into writing a book like that uh, for me. So I, I would should be grateful if you'd be willing to do that. And if not, share, share the show, share this episode, do something cool and have a wonderful day. I'll see you on the next episode. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.